0: Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our monthly open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. On October 16th, 12 storytellers shared their stories with our audience at Holy Hound Room in downtown York. Our theme for the evening was scars. We heard stories of actual physical scars, emotional scars, and even one very recent injury that promises to be a future scar. In the end, our winner was Kevin Miller, with his story about waking up the morning after a party.
1: We're good? All right. When I was a senior in high school, I worked as a dishwasher at a retirement home. And there were these two older brothers, Dietrich and Dustin, who I, I looked up to. These are the guys that had muscle cars. Um, they were both in the military. They both had muscles. Um, they're the kind of guys, an 18-year-old wanted to be like. And we got along. We uh, joked around at work all the time, but we never actually did anything outside of work until this one evening. We were cleaning up and Dietrich came over to me and he says, hey, um, I don't know if you're up for anything, but we're going to have a party tonight. Um, my buddy who's in the military, is gonna, he's going to come in town for the weekend. And I said, Dietrich, first off, I'm an 18-year-old dishwasher at a retirement home, and the highlight of my week is trying to figure out whose dentures make it back to my dish machine. I'm literally up for anything. Second, what time? Dietrich says, nice, people are probably gonna show up around midnight, perfect, nine o'clock, on the dot, knock, knock, knock. I'm ready to go. I show up and I spend the next 90 minutes of my life doing everything in my power, trying to prove to these two guys that I have what it takes to hang, that they made the right decision, that I'm supposed to be there. Shots, beer bunks, keg stands. And of course, my body put a rush order in for the bathroom. I remember Dietrich pointing me in the direction, and I head off, and I I get in there. I have a seat. I lock the door. I hang my head. Darkness. The next thing I remember, and if anyone in this room's ever blacked out, whether or not it's the first or 101st time, you know that moment when you come to is foggy and terrifying, right? Okay, so I think to myself, well, you're alive. That's one, okay? There's no obvious, obvious injuries, that's two. Three, I'm on this very comfortable futon And now that I'm in my thirties and had time to reflect, I recognize that with a 90 pound Doberman, two of them, a wife um, sharing the bed with me, a good night's rest is not something to scoff at, okay? So as a physical sigh of relief, I stretch. And while I do, the sheet that was covering me sweeps off and this cold front just crosses over my business district. I later find out that the Marine, who the party was for, tried to get into that bathroom after the party was over. It was locked, he broke in, he found my naked body. He picked up my naked body because no man left behind, carried my naked naked body out into the living room, laid my naked body on said futon, and covered my naked body with said sheet. I flip my legs around and I pop up. Bodies everywhere, I mean head to toe, left to right, Apparently, everyone that attended the party decided to spend the night. No DUIs, I can attest to that. I dart back into the bathroom and this is a good news, bad news situation. My clothes, along with the rest of the room, are covered in some pretty incriminating evidence. So I take a seat and I hang my head. And I start to feel there's just, something's not right. It's not good. There's something just up and down, my back into the living room, and I kid you not, someone shit on that futon. Yeah, all over it, all right? I realize I need an adult. I head upstairs, I get Dietrich, and I say, here's what happened, and Dietrich gave me this look. I assume it's the look you give someone when you invite them to their house, and they puke in your bathroom and shit on your futon. We go downstairs, and Dietrich, without hesitation, begins waking everyone up. He's tapping them on their shoulder, he's pointing at me, he's pointing at the futon, he's tapping on their shoulder, pointing at me, pointing at the futon, forcing me to individually lock eyes with each one of those grown men and mouth allegedly. So we start kicking around ideas, what do we do next? Hmm? Do we vacuum it up? Do we burn it? Do we scrub it with a toothbrush? Thankfully, we all came to a collective agreement. We decided to hoist it up onto my shoulders and have me carry it across the apartment complex on my shoulders and dispose of it. So there I am, 7 a.m., with nothing but a sheet wrapped around my waist, newly deemed puton strapped on my back, and the morning sun in my face.
0: Kevin earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. Next up, we have a story from Jason Sable, who told us of a low-key birthday celebration that ended in the ER.
2: Yeah, so uh, a few weeks ago, I turned 40. I know, I don't look a day over 35. Thank you, appreciate it. But uh, yeah, I turned 40, and it was my birthday. And uh, I have some really great friends. (laughs) And so uh, uh, my wife, Brandy, on my birthday, uh, took me out to dinner. Well, to be, f- to be fair, AJ did come over with me in the afternoon to play video games, which was great. Um, AJ came over and played a couple video games with me, and then uh, 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 my lovely wife, Brandy, took me out to dinner. Uh, we went out, had a great dinner. Uh, none of my friends showed up, uh-huh. and that scarred me but that's not my story. <laughs> and uh, we came home and it was very low key. And uh, you know, I got the, you know, I, I know you might've been ex- expecting something a little more for your 40th birthday uh, than you actually got. But uh, you know, I'll make it up to you, whatever. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine, it was fine birthday, it was great. And so a week later, the next weekend, uh, uh, it was a Penn State Ohio State game. Uh, where are my Penn State people? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We are, okay. There's like, there's like five of you. All right, awesome. <laughs> this story's gonna suck now. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but so it's Penn State Ohio State game. So uh, we make arrangements for some of my friends to come over to the house to watch the Penn State Ohio State game. Now some of my friends are Ohio State fans and we will forgive them for that. But uh, the plan was everyone was going to come over. We were supposed to go to a local establishment called uh, The Vault to pick up some chicken wings, go back to the house. We were going to all eat chicken wings and enjoy the football game, and it was going to be great. I had been in in Penn State for a conference earlier that day, or earlier that week. I brought home three half gallons of Penn State ice cream because it's the best ice cream in the world. Uh, That might have been excessive, although maybe not because there's only like a half gallon left. Uh, Yeah, so, uh, uh, my wife always likes to have a very clean house when people are coming over. I know this. Um, She did not tell me to clean, but I know that inherently I should be cleaning if there's people coming over, because if I don't clean and people come over, then things might not be comfortable for everyone. So I'm cleaning the house up a little bit. I'm picking up the living room. I I go to take out the trash. It's now 10 to 6. I'm supposed to be meeting my friends at 6 o'clock to go grab a beer and go get chicken wings. 10 to 6, I take out the garbage. Uh, And it's been a little rainy and wet, and there's leaves out. And so I, I, I drop off the garbage, and I slip. And I slip, and I land on my neighbor's fence. And my neighbor's fence is a metal fence. And it's got these little like spiky fleur-de-lis on the top. But they're not pointy. No, no, they're not pointy. Uh, uh, Like a doll, like a spoon. Basically, I impaled myself on a spoon. And a roll off of the impalement and now I'm laying on the ground, and I had that feeling like maybe something wasn't quite right. And I look down, and there's a pool of blood on my shirt. And I go, that's not good. So I, I, I just put, I, I've, I've seen enough Bear grills to know that you got to apply pressure to a wound. So I apply pressure to the wound, and I go in the house, and my three-year-old, who's uh, charming, uh, is, is sitting in his... Uh, high chair, eating, eating dinner. My wife's uh, feeding him, not really feeding him, she just has to stand there and watch him while he's eating. He's three, you know, he's not a baby. And I walk in and I go, honey, I think we're gonna have to go to the hospital. So, uh, but, I, but then I say, but I wanna look at it first. So we go up, So I go upstairs and I look in the mirror and sure enough, there is a large cut across my chest specifically across my nipple. My nipple is cut in half. And if you've never seen the inside of a nipple... It's... It's not great. So I come downstairs, and now that I've seen the inside of my nipple, I know immediately that we need to go to the hospital. And I say, Honey, we're gonna have to go to the hospital. And she goes, Okay. Uh-oh, this is not good. So anyway, uh, the, sh- the really short version of the, the, the next three hours is... Uh... It was not three hours. Thanks, AJ. <laughs> so uh, friends show up magically at the house. They magically appear uh, to watch Harrison, which is great. Brandy runs me to the emergency room. We get to the emergency room. We check in. They look at it. They say, oh, no, that doesn't look good at all. Uh, seal it up. Uh, They say it's gonna be three hours. All of a sudden, 15 minutes later, they race me into the back room. They stitch it, they light a cane it, they clean it out, they get it all taken care of. We leave, I'm still planning on having chicken wings and beer with my friends for the Penn State-Ohio State game. Um, I'm texting them, I'm saying, we're still coming, we're still coming, we're still coming, we're still still doing this. You're gonna show up, it's gonna be awesome. We're on the way back. Brandy's like, hey, we have to pick up Mike and AJ from Collusion. And I'm like, they can walk from freaking Collusion? Our house is six blocks away. No, 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 we have to block. So we turn up King Street, on our way up King Street. Brandy rolls down my window. I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, I see all these people standing outside of the parliament. And I'm still looking for Mike and AJ being like, they need to get in the car because the game starts in five minutes. And she says, oh, this is your surprise birthday party. So I hop out of the car and all my awesome friends are there and now I feel like a jerk. Also I'm real numbed up and a little bit in shock. I've got now seven stitches across my nipple. It's stitched together and my parents are there from Erie, Pennsylvania. My brother and his family are there from Erie, Pennsylvania. I walk in, there's the Penn State Ohio State game on a big screen. Uh, There's my favorite keg of beer. It's just completely wonderful. I've got awesome friends. And then the biggest scar of the night is Penn State Blue, a 13-point
0: lead with seven minutes left. Our final story on this month's podcast comes from Liz Ehrenberg. Liz shared her story about getting injured in the cafeteria at gymnastics camp.
3: So the best way to figure out that you're not a gymnast is to spurt blood all over your teammates. This is what I learned when I was 11 years old at gymnastics summer camp during um, during lunch when uh, I opened a can of mini tuna fish lunchable thing. And all of a sudden, um, I looked down and everything was red. And uh, everybody around me, all the other kids, got up, started screaming, and then ran away. And so I was just like, very confused and I didn't realize that I had cut myself until a few moments later and the world was starting to move in this slow motion and everybody had run away and it was just me and my blood spurting everywhere and some people had blood on them and it was all over everyone's food and it was all over like the gym floor and all the you know gymnastic stuff and and um, so then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I cut myself, what do I do? Everybody ran away, I guess I should like get up, and then, but I couldn't move. I was like kind of in shock, and in the meantime, I'm like, you know, it's like a waterfall of blood here. And this one uh, counselor, there's a bunch of counselors standing like in a little group in the corner, all starting to notice me, and a few of them just like stared at me wide-eyed, except for one and his name I believe was Charlie, we'll call him Charlie because I think that was his name. He um, ran over to me as everybody else was running away. He picked me up. um, He took me over to the water fountain to like rinse off the wound or to see what was going on with it. And as everyone else had like frozen and was like staring at me and I was like now covered in my own blood and it's just like getting to be a more gory scene by the second. Um, he just kept saying to me, like, girl, you cool? You cool, girl? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm cool? You think I'm cool? And uh, he's like, girl, you cool? Just relax, you cool? And he's running my finger under the water of the water fountain and, like, kind of petting me, saying, you cool, girl? And then he would snap his head over and be like, get the paper towels, goddammit! <laughs> so so then all these other kids are like, frantically like bringing him paper towels which he's just smashing into my finger trying to stop this um now it's like a sprinkler system of blood so um uh so I realized a few minutes later like okay that's what happened I cut my finger on a tuna can at gymnastics camp and uh I don't think I'm going to be coming back to gymnastics camp because I don't picture myself doing handstands with an open flesh wound for the rest of the summer. So my dad came and picked me up and took me to the doctor, and I didn't need any stitches, which was nice, because Charlie had somehow stopped the bleeding by taking, like, every single paper towel in the building, and I had, like, this growth of this pink-red blob of wet paper towel off my finger. And... um, So it healed a few weeks later, and I realized I'm not meant to be a gymnast. Like, you know, couldn't I have just like torn an ACL or something normal, you know? Um, So from that experience, I kind of like stayed away from athletics in general after that, because I felt like if I'm gonna get injured at camp, doing something sportsy, I should do something cool, like a real injury, but not really humiliate myself in front of everybody and then get my blood everywhere. Um, but uh, it was thanks to Charlie that, um, you know, the wound healed, and I have a cool scar for it. But about a year later, I heard that Charlie um, was unfortunately killed in a motorcycle accident. Um, he just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's really tragic. And um, <clears throat> looking back on it now, nobody else in that room came over to help me except for him. And he was, you know, not trained to be like a medical professional. I'm sure they all had to learn like CPR to be a camp counselor and stuff. But he was, you know, an athletic guy just trying to teach kids how to be athletic and stuff. And um, he was the only person who actually came over and tried to handle the situation. Um, was not like blinded by shock. And um, I look back on that now and this little scar from that can of tuna, which I also don't eat very much anymore that um, that was a defining moment in his short life that he didn't know would be a defining moment because he stepped up to the plate and he went in when everyone else was leaving. So that's why for this scar, I think of him really fondly. And I think that's a great life lesson for everybody is just, you know, when when there's an urgent moment, you, you can either step up or run away. And that's what he did for me. He stepped up. This was the last Open Mic Story Slam of our season. All the winners
0: from this year's Story Slam events will return to compete in our Grand Slam in November for the title of Best Storyteller in York. Tickets for our events are available on our website, YorkStorySlam.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Slam as well as on Facebook, and watch videos of all our stories from our events on our YouTube channel. We hope to see you on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Carla Wilson of Wilson Media Services. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson. You can learn more at wilsonmediaservices.com.